confidence comes from letting go of people's perception or not even letting go, knowing that not focusing on attaching to what they think and doing what feels right to you in that moment confidently, even if you're not. Welcome to Badass Mind and Body. I'm your host, Jesse Wallace, also known as The Bubbly Badass. As a fitness professional, my goal is to empower you through an inspiring message, share intentional conversations with guests, and give you educational tips on how to optimize your lifestyle through a holistic approach to fitness and wellness. My mission is to help you understand how to connect and build a badass mind and body. Let's get to work. Hello, welcome back everyone. I am super excited to have you guys listen to this episode today. We are diving into really fun and powerful topics. Today with the special guests, we will discuss empowering others, healing through community, healing through movement. We'll give you tips on building self-confidence and how to access it and practice self-confidence and why doing things that scares you is important. And we'll even talk about sensuality and how it's viewed as taboo in our culture. So I'm really excited to present to you all our guest today. Her name is Holland Beasley. You may know her, you may know her and love her. (laughs) (laughs) She is a yoga teacher at Ben and Zen. She's been a yoga teacher for seven years and she's practiced for eight years, which is amazing. She leads a self-confidence and movement workshop called Goddess Flow, which we will definitely dive into today. She's the founder of Honey Baby Creative, which is a production business specializing in portrait, event, and editorial photography. And she recently even added videography and has made a few music videos, so go check those out. And her goal is to teach self-confidence and empowerment in others, and she really wants others to feel like a celebrity in her photo shoots, which I think is. She also works part-time as an outdoor living pool designer, and she's dabbled in interior design, She believes creating a beautiful space to live in full of things that bring you joy and peace is important for a healthy lifestyle. So I present to you guys today, Holland Beasley. Welcome, Holland. Thanks, girl. I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to be here, too, sitting with you today because you are just a jack of all trades. (laughs) There's really no box that you can hold yourself in. I think if I could classify you as one thing, it would definitely just be a creative and someone that wants to just discover yourself and empower others. And you just have a lot to offer the world, which I think is really special. Thank you so much. I Hearing all of that in one paragraph is exciting because I don't really hear it how you just said it so thank you yes absolutely and I could I could totally understand that because sometimes when we're on a specific task or job we're just focused on that and being in the moment there that we don't really take in all of the hard work we do in all the areas of our life or even reflect on the things we create enough and we, we have our moments but sometimes we're just so wrapped in what we're doing that yes. we don't reflect oh I I am all these things I do all these things and I offer all these things to myself and to the world so mm. I think it's beautiful thank you yes it's wild I do so many different things yeah <laughs> we'll talk about it yes um, it's hard for me to pick one thing but uh, yeah it can be done you can do life however you want to do it there's no rules 
that's what I'm on. I can tell. And I love (laughs) that. There are no rules. And I would say the same thing because I even recently, I'm now dabbling back in the music industry a little bit myself. Okay, girl. Yes. And so, yeah, someone's like, wow, you do a lot of like different job titles. I'm like, yes, I just honestly freelancer at this point in terms of just we'll try everything. And as long as I enjoy it and then it's great. Uh, Exactly. And like expanding your pool of knowledge as a human is fun it really is like whether it's for money or not the money will come the more you put yourself out there in things that bring you joy or things that you're interested in that's the whole point of why we're here right and even for me I value connection the most which is even why I do this podcast because you starting from the ground up definitely a passion project but I've been able to connect with others in my field and other entrepreneurs and it's been a really amazing experience to be able to sit down and and have just listen to people's stories because that's what I've always loved the most speaking of I want to dive a bit into your story so tell me a bit about how you ended up where you are here today what is a piece of your story that you really think the audience um, can get to know you more about and that's a crazy question and a great question. I think my life is, I think everyone's life is important, but my life to me is special because of how many places I've been and the hardships I've been through. Some were self-induced, some just happened to me, you know, and I think something that's interesting about my story is that I, on the outside, look like a super confident successful dynamic person which I am those things but it comes from a place of I am I grew up so unconfident super anxious child like stressed from birth you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) like came out of the womb with anxiety it's like in my DNA my family's DNA and I chose somehow along the way to fight that and to go and get really scared enough to be able to take that part of myself to a lower level where it wasn't operating my life anymore. That is how I base everything I do out of. Like I am a person who never thought she would be able to teach yoga, to be in front of people and lead a space, to lead anything, right? Like I thought I was always going to be a follower because of that anxiety and that uh, suffering that I was always dealing with. And then when I did just one small thing to break through that, it just kept happening. It was like life gave me no choice, but to it was like you either pull up or you're going to be depressed and just comfortable forever. And so I just want to offer people that perspective that it's harder for me than someone who's naturally confident, naturally outgoing. It's something I have to really work at in every area. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I am curious, what made you want to teach your first yoga class and how did you start to overcome the lack of self-confidence and start to build your confidence gradually? What were some of the steps that you took in that process growing up? Growing up, I did not play sports. I was never um, able to get that opportunity to be in front of people doing something where there's pressure on you. Um, And that was just because I wasn't interested in sports. I was just a yearbook editor and half-assed that. I was just kind of, also my high school was not very interesting. It was kind of bare minimum. So there was not a place for me in my creative head for what I wanted to do. But um, I never got that opportunity. And so 
navigating life, I was always a social person, but never, never wanted to be the center of attention. I wanted to just hide and um, better in smaller groups. And that's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But I knew that I was made for more. Like I knew that in my soul. I just didn't know how to access that part of myself, which I think we all have deep down. And then when I went to college, I went to Ole Miss, which is interesting (laughs) and wild. I found yoga through a friend there. And I was interested in it because I body image all the things eating disorders I had kind of not like a very intense one but I would starve myself to be a certain weight for a little while right or I would try it didn't work well because I was like I'm starving and then when I found yoga I was like this isn't about what you look like this is not about performing this is about breathing and feeling your body Mm -hmm. and stretching and feeling that and eyes closed no mirrors like that's allowed and normal in that space um and I was just obsessed and kept going all the time I think at first I was obsessed with how my body was looking and the weight loss that came from hot yoga um but it was more of a spiritual process for me because I was undoing religious trauma. And that was a place where everyone is accepted. Yes. Everyone's allowed to be there. And it doesn't matter what religion or whatever. We're just breathing and moving. It's not that detailed and specific. Um, and so I, my parents were going through <clears throat> excuse me, a super hard time. And I used that as my opportunity to ask if I could go to yoga teacher training. Because awesome. I was like, y'all are making me depressed. I need to go to Hawaii and learn how to teach yoga. <laughs> That's amazing you went there for it. Yeah. And the manipulative part of me was like, my mom's in a dark space. <laughs> She's going to let me do this. <laughs> um, so I asked and then I went and had an amazing experience there. We can talk more about that later. But I ended up living there later on and came back. But the hard part was my first class. I was scared shitless. I was the girl in high school who would not come to school that week if there was a presentation. Mm -hmm. I would get red in the face when I would go up there and just freak out. Like I wouldn't sleep the night before. Mm -hmm. That type of like panic was in my body. Um... So I was in my head, how in the world would I be able to lead a yoga class and be confident and loud and there's music and you're fighting with the music and it's a super dynamic spiritual process. Um, And my first class was horrible. It was so horrible. My mentor told me that. She was like, this sucked. We need to fix some things, but you can't teach any more like public classes. Um, But she's tough love on me. The reason I am here in this confident space today. But she put me in the corner of a room and I was in the other corner and she blasted little Wayne and she said, teach me warrior one. And I don't care if it makes you cry. I need you to yell it and teach it like you mean it. And so I did that. I cried because I had never yelled like that and commanded my my voice like that. And it, it's powerful and overwhelming when you've never felt that before. And then they just started getting better. She believed in me. Um, she knew how much I loved this practice. And she set me up for success. This was back in Mississippi when I came back. Um, so that began the journey. When I started teaching, I, it gave me the gift of, I can do this. I can 
lead something. Oh my God. And then it just started domino effect from there. Um, of course I'm a constant work in progress. You never arrive, but I was able to let go of the fear that I couldn't do that. Doing something new and people liked it. And I was like, really? (laughs) I'm freaking out. I'm not even present really because I'm so anxious. But I would get a little more present each time, learning my voice, learning how to focus on them and not me, and how to pick up my feet. I would always shuffle my feet. I mean, night and day, woman sitting right here truly (laughs) it's so night and day different so when that started um it just kept going into different things and when I left college and stopped doing drugs and healed and um got out of toxic relationships and all of the craziness period of my life I started dancing interior design just doing things that scared the shit out of me on purpose because I knew that the last time I did it, it really worked with yoga. Mm-hmm. I, I just keep trying to scare myself and it's healing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what you have to do is you have to face that fear to realize that you can do it. It's kind of the concept of you can do hard things. And and just like anything, that's what I love even about going to the gym and lifting and realizing that you can complete a workout, that you can get stronger And you can do it on the days you don't want to or show up on your mat on the days you don't want to, but you know you need it uh, to take a yoga class. And it's that concept of once you start building on that, that you, you do hard things and you continue to do them, then you can realize, oh... I did that one hard thing and that actually happened to me recently. I it was actually one of my music industry gigs. It was a really hard two days of working. But those two hard days and I was hot and I worked twenty nine hours in two days. And I have reflected on that weekend ever since and that truly motivates me to remember that I can do hard things. I got through those 29 hours. The first day was a lot of fun. The second day was a little harder. Right. <laughs> but um yeah, so it just it just depends that on your mindset about it and just remembering that about yourself too, that you are capable of overcoming the things that that scare you the most. Yes. And the more you do it, the more it sets you free mentally and career wise. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you're not scared ever, you're going to suffer forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to suffer forever anyway, so might as well Mm -hmm. suffer less. Yes. You know? Yeah. Or suffer in a way that actually can help you help you grow, but also help help give you a more positive experience because we can suffer in a negative way, like wallowing in a bedroom all day and not going after the things that we want to in life. But really, if we just at least try to go after those things and see what happens, we're better off trying than holding ourselves back. Yes, there's going to be misery either way. Let's choose where we are miserable. Choose your heart. Choose your heart. Exactly. Yes. And I also loved earlier how you said that yoga gave you the gift of finding your voice. And I've even mentioned this on the podcast already, but I always say how we're uh, working at Hotbox and coaching at Hotbox helped me find my voice, especially since it's very high energy. And I 
was definitely someone when I first started, I was worried about people knowing my age and I had a lack of self-confidence in not just, I knew I loved to work out and knew I loved to teach, but it was about commanding a room and learning how to command a room is truly a skill. I mean, some people have it naturally, but I think that's pretty rare and it is a skill that you have to build on and a piece of yourself that you have to remember you are allowed to take up space, you are allowed to talk, you are allowed to project your voice, you're allowed to pull back your voice as well. And it's just really being able to learn to read rooms as well. Yes. And realizing that it's not about you. That is something I want to make sure we talk about a lot today because confidence comes from letting go of people's perception or not even letting go, knowing that not focusing on attaching to what they think and doing what feels right to you in that moment confidently, even if you're not. So if someone's doing something and I'm anxious, and but they need to be fixed or they need guidance, I have to go do it with confidence or they can feel me. You know, they can feel the energy of like, I'm not sure. And then And it's all because you're worried about how they're going to react instead of worrying about their safety and their growth. And so confidence comes from not giving a shit about your own ego. It's like ego's out the door. How can I focus on others in this moment? And so when people are feeling unconfident, stop worrying about yourself. It's not about you all the time. Like, no one gives a shit about you. Like, stop. Right. It should set you free. It shouldn't make you upset eventually. That's so true. And people show up to the gym or to their mat for themselves. And they are there to learn and want to grow. And they trust the teacher. And the teacher, it's all about us also being able to trust ourselves. And and not just as a coach or teacher, but just in life. Mm -hmm. Learning to build self-trust will help us release the ego and just be able to speak our truth because we we know how to correct things why are we second guessing ourselves mm-hmm. why why do we feel like we have to present it a specific way when when we do know this is how you do warrior one right when you learn the skill right yeah. and who cares if you sound weird or feel goofy or whatever like we're all weird and awkward and it's fine. Exactly. You know? We're human. Yeah, <laughs> we're human beings. But it is the hardest. It's hard. Yes. It's hard work to let go of that, especially when you were in, if you're in a place like I was before I started teaching, that it feels so overwhelming. You can't even comprehend it because you can't even focus on others because you're just trying to survive yes. the first few classes That's or first so few true. moments. You're like, so true. I'm just trying to not pass out or not run out of the room. So it's baby steps with anything. Number one rule for the first day of whatever you're doing new, don't run out of the room. That's your only rule is to not leave. <laughs> I love that. And then yes. the next day you can focus on yes. not thinking about yourself or yeah. whatever. But it's just small things at a time. Agreed. And honestly, one of my favorite things, so I've only been teaching yoga for a year. And one of my favorite things now is that I can just speak into flow without overthinking it. So I can actually pour into people differently that I can let go of, oh, how is this being perceived? And um, just trying to remember things like I'm still trying to remember certain things within the flow, but it's just becoming easier. And I love that feeling. And it's true. It's you can get defeated in the beginning because the first few classes are hard or just anything new you're trying can be really hard that you might feel defeated five times 
times, maybe even 10 times of just questioning, am I good enough? And you are good enough. You just have to continue to stick to it. And so I love that you said, don't get out of the room, like Mm -hmm. stay in the room, keep, keep doing what's hard. And one day it will feel like second nature. Yes. And then it'll feel like second nature. And then one day it might not anymore. And then, so we just have to focus on today and what we can do to be the strongest version of us today. And that's why like yoga and life are so in tandem Mm -hmm. and working out anything with the physical body reminds us of emotional stuff as well. But I say this a lot in yoga, and this is from my mentor. When I we do like five minute planks or something mm-hmm. crazy, and just we're just like killing each other, we're just losing yeah. our minds. It's like you have knees if you need them. You can go tabletop, but do not give up. No child's pose, tabletop or high plank. We don't give up all the way. You know, you you just take a step back, do things that you can handle first, mm-hmm. then Love move that. on. Like if warrior three is hard, put your hands on the ground. You can ask for help while you're learning things. It's not about being great. It's about what do I need in this moment? How am I aware of that? And how can I not attach to the huge like picture? We don't have to be great today. We just need to be here today and not be weak, you know? Say a high plank five minutes and you you feel like you can't put your knees on the ground and just do tabletop. Mm -hmm. Why? Probably because you feel like you're not good enough at yoga or something, or it's just too overwhelming to think you took a step back. It's like we're very zero to 100 black and white thinking in high stress. Mm -hmm. It just relates to everything in life. You do a hard thing. You didn't give up, though. Let's keep going. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I was saying, but something along the lines. It's such a beautiful metaphor of life to just meet yourself where you are, whether it's to your job, to your parent, and just some, and sometimes you need to be able to communicate to others, hey, I need assistance, I need help, or I need to scale back things today. I can't handle everything on my schedule today. Can you assist me with this? Or can we reschedule this? Can we move this? And it's kind of, we can modify life as well, just like we can modify things on a mat. And so thank you so much for sharing that because it's just about making those little connections. And that's why, I mean, we're on the Badass Mind and Body podcast. Yeah. So it's all about the mind-body connection as well when we are moving. And that's why I find movement so powerful because it can alter our day, but it also connects us to everything else we do in life. Yes. How you do anything is how you do everything. I just want to be on the record saying that. And then it scares you at first, and then it empowers you over time. That's very true. It's like how I do everything is how I do anything. Oh, my God. Well, I do all this shit wrong. So that means that. But no, it's just about remembering that there's power in that. Mm -hmm. How you if you show up to the gym or somewhere go to a massage, whatever, something that's healthy for your body once a week, you're going to start naturally without your participation showing up in other things that need that you need for your body. It's like a domino effect. Yes. So. It's very true. And your body will start to tell you because you'll be more in tune with it. Yesterday, my body was like, please go on a walk. It just, it was just like, go outside, go on a walk. Don't even work out yet. Go on a walk. And that's exactly what I did. And mm-hmm. it really just changed 
the tone because I just tuned in. I felt way better. Got got some antsy energy out too along mm-hmm. the way. So just depends. But I want to dive into goddess flow. Tell me about goddess flow. Tell the audience about goddess flow. It sounds like such an amazing thing. And I'm going to try to make the next one on August 11th, right? Yes. 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 Okay. Goddess flow is my little brainchild class that started in 2017 in Mississippi. It started off me practicing on my own um, in a room without a mat with socks on. Love that. (laughs) So just like hip stretches, sliding around the floor, Mm -hmm. feeling like a snake type of energy. And I was just doing that naturally with my body because yoga is very structured. Mm -hmm. Working out is very structured because it needs to be for technical reasons. But I... This was before dance as well. I wanted to flow in the whole thing. I didn't want there to be a stop and a start. Inhale, exhale. Mm -mm -mm. Right. I wanted to just go, if that makes sense. (laughs) Created that. It was called No Mat, No Boundaries, which is funny. It's like (laughs) so cute, such a cute name. I kept doing that for a while. When I moved to Hawaii, I was super inspired by the women there, the hippie girls. (laughs) They would just be (laughs) leading classes naked in the jungle, like dancing and screaming and just being wild. And that wild woman energy is something that I've always wanted to just do all the time because it sets you free as a woman in so many ways because when we do things in front of other people as women it's perceived as for them Mm -hmm. especially when it's movement or yoga even or dance inspired or anytime a woman is living in her full power it's looked at as for a man most of the time we're Society's getting places, but it's a thing. So I created Goddess Flow, started doing it here in Nashville back in 2020 and COVID. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Yes. And then it just kept going and people are just loved it and wanted more of it. And it's morphed into what it is today, which is we do meditation to start it's um, women only, well, gays and girls, no straight men, not because I don't like them, just because I don't know how to lead them, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they need it too, honestly, in their own setting. Yes. But we do meditation. We do eye gazing in the mirror with ourselves. We practice a confident walk together. Mm-hmm. Then we okay. learn. It's so fun. And then <laughs> we learn a little very, very beginner floor work combo, which just means sliding on the floor, basically stretching your hips, but getting your whole body involved and doing new things for your brain with choreography. So you, because yoga is choreography. I mean, working out is choreography. You have a planned thing you do, but the more you do it, you're able to flow and not think about it. And that's, and breathe and feel it and feel sexy, not because You want to feel sexy for someone else. You're feeling sexy because you're breathing and you're present with your body. Mm -hmm. And it turns you on, not to have sex, but just it turns you on as a woman and your creativity. And um, I see women come into class and then leave. And it is just so insane when they leave how they're talkative, they're they were shy at first. They're talking to other women now. They are walking different. They're smiling. They are so inspired by themselves. And that is just my purpose, whether I like it or not. 
on this earth is to keep doing that for other women. I love that mission so much. And women really do need it because we do have trouble feeling sexual sometimes or being able to express that. So it sounds like Goddess Flow gives women a safe place to be able to explore mostly because that's what a huge piece of it is, is we just, we don't really know how to feel sexy or feel comfortable or we might not think we're a natural dancer, but it gives us permission and gives us a moment in time to be able to explore and express that. Yes. So also something about goddess flow that matters is yoga and dance, two things I love so much and do. Dance is so performative and kind of military style. It's wild. And then yoga is too nice. Mm -hmm. It's you can do what you want. Yes. You can do it if you want, which I don't say that shit, but like it can be like that, um, which is needed too for healing Mm -hmm. for people. But I'm trying to find it where it's like I don't give anyone an option and they don't even know what they're walking into and I like to scare people because I know that it will help them like it helped me like you're not gonna you're in a safe place we're here together you are capable Mm -hmm. and we are in this together no one's recording it and it's not like a super performative act right it's if you feel present and are breathing with your body that's all you need to be doing Mm mm-hmm And then also letting go of what other people in the room feel about you while they look at you. Even if they think, oh, that's awkward in their subconscious, like, oh, she did that awkward. It's the art of letting that go Mm -hmm. because that thought that they had doesn't matter. It carries no weight and they don't even think it carries weight. It's just a thing that popped up in their head. Yes. So... No, that totally makes sense because oftentimes we will judge other people or other women as well for an act they do when really it might be our way of saying, oh, maybe we wouldn't do that. Or is it because it is something we've done and we've been embarrassed by that before or ashamed for that before so we're judging someone else and so it's like learning to let that go, release judgment is something that's said a lot in yoga and... It's true, like releasing judgment from others and also from yourself, too. And it- Yes, and also I want to teach people how to lean into whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. So if it's awkward, let's be awkward and super weird right now. Yeah. Like, let's just be weird yeah. and, like, let it go, you know, because yes. that it needs to be there, too. It's No one's doing anything wrong mm-hmm. ever. It's just when you feel awkward – can you take one more breath before you leave the, the space or the, the dance floor, or the yoga mat, or in this posture, one more breath? We have to focus on one more thing, not the whole thing. It doesn't matter if you do anything else. Can you do five more breaths, mm-hmm. ten more, ten more seconds of freestyle or just yeah. standing there without rushing yourself, walking slow? walking with your hips all of it it's all connected it's like it is yeah and I am curious so what would you say to someone that maybe may or may not be interested in goddess flow but they are concerned oh well I don't dance I I'm not a good dancer I don't think it would be for me what would you say to that person I would say you need goddess flow yes I would say everyone can benefit from goddess flow, whether they like it or not. No one is starts off being a natural at anything, mm-hmm. really. I mean, some people, it might be a little faster for them. Right. But it 
it, no one starts off being great at whatever. And it's not about being great, mm-hmm. right? I would say to them, it's not about being good. So if that's what you're worried about, then great. That's not a part of it. So just come be yeah. bad at it with me. I would say that awareness of your body is what is lacking. So you probably just don't even know how to move your hip because you don't stretch it and you don't even know where it is mm-hmm. or how it feels. So that's first. That's why yoga is a great. We do yoga and goddess flow too, a way to connect. Goddess flow is a safe place of inspiring women who don't dance either. And it's not a bunch of dancers. Right. It's not what I've created. So I am curious because I know you've mentioned to me that your mentor has been a huge impact in your life. So can you tell me about how you met your mentor and how she's inspired you to be the woman you are today? Yes. Oh, wow. Rachel Romero is her name. She is an icon to me. (laughs) And she lives in Memphis. I met her when I was in college. She's, I don't even know her age, 43-ish, 44-ish maybe. Um, Has been teaching yoga for a long time. Has been through so much hard human stuff. I am just enamored by her experience in life and how she navigates it she still acts like a kid Mm -hmm. and plays like a kid and I just it's so rare to find women like that in her age and I'm so grateful to know her but she taught me how to teach yoga I went to Hawaii to learn the basics of everything Mm -hmm. but she taught me how to teach a class Um, she's a Scorpio sun and a Scorpio moon pray (laughs) she's a badass bitch um and she has taught me how to love in a healthy non-people pleasing way she doesn't play any shit she is has three kids um her first husband committed suicide a lot of marital issues um in her life and i don't share that to like you know say anything about her whatever but I say this to say that she still is here she survived it Mm -hmm. and does it with such a force of she's sober but she will go like have fun for a weekend if she needs to like here and there like sober as in she doesn't use alcohol or um, weed or nicotine to cope Mm -hmm. which is inspiring to me because it's hard for me to not do that and her speech how she speaks on things her classes just inspired me in so many ways don't give up you're made for hard things um high plank the knees thing that's all her you she will not let people she loves sit down in it too long she's like i know you're sad i'm with you but since i love you i will not let you sit down there that long in the mud Mm -hmm. i don't do that i don't vic she does not let her people be victims for long and I needed that like that harsh love of like stop doing that shit right you're not weak and you're acting weak yeah the tough love I need that yes the healthy kind of tough love yes also when I was I was in a abusive relationship for a while and she loved me through that in such a healthy way where 
I didn't have to lie or hide it. She was like, I don't care what you do or if you go back to him. I don't care. I just need to know what's going on. (laughs) Just be honest with me. And that inspired me because everyone in my life at the time had left my life because I kept going back. But she was like, I love you. I don't care if you're with him. You're going to be in it until you can't handle it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so go do it. Just tell me where you are. Yeah. (laughs) Just in case something crazy happens. I really love that because I I think I wish I had someone that was like that when I was in an on and off relationship as well. And honestly, my therapist was kind of the one that it's just it's kind of you have to run the cycle till you realize that you don't want to be in the cycle anymore. And that's what it takes. Yes, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of bravery to leave. And you have to be ready or you just have to because mm-hmm. it's a it's super manipulative, emotional attachment right. that you have with that person when it's like that. Exactly. And I think people forget that there are actual chemicals in your body that are connected to this person and that, you know, the highs and lows and your body is addicted to those highs and lows. And so the withdrawals are real, too. That's where I think a lot of people aren't as understanding or empathetic because they don't understand, oh, why do they go back? It's just kind of a a shaming or lack of understanding sometimes rather than leaning into that person and just saying, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just I, I love you unless, of course, it's hurting you, right? then yes. just get out of their business. Right. You know what I mean? Easy enough. Don't yeah. tell them what to, how to handle their um, trauma, mm-hmm. basically, because yeah. it's just hard. There's no perfect way to handle it. And um, she inspired me through that whole process and is still one of my best friends. And um, I love her. I have a whole document on my phone of things she said to me in my life and I would love to read one if please do yeah please do I share this with everyone I love in my life this one paragraph so this was years ago we were talking about shame Mm -hmm. and feeling like when you're at a really low point and you have done something wrong Mm -hmm. or you're just super low you fucked up and you don't know how to pick yourself up. She said, pretending and hiding and tying yourself in knots to keep from being fully seen or setting yourself free and loving exactly who and what you are, even if that means you may lose some relationships or people because you're being real. I'm here to tell you, scary as it may be to step into our power and take the seat we are, we are meant to have, it is way, way less scary than living day in and day out, covering your tracks and making sure the real you isn't found out like she is some monster. Mm. You are not. You are fucking beautiful, good and bad and fucking beautiful. And you need to take care of yourself. You aren't loving yourself and standing up for yourself and your feelings. And that's why you're in this stuff. Love yourself. Then you will not be afraid to stand up for yourself, even when you've made mistakes too. Number one, get up, clean yourself off, and do right. This will empower you. Number two, get honest. This will show you who you need in your life. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Because when you're honest, how people respond can tell you a lot about that connection you have with that person. Yes, and when you are hiding a part of yourself, 
which I was doing for a long time with my sensuality and my sexiness and my just what makes me me, my freedom, it you are subconsciously telling yourself that that part of you sucks and that it shouldn't be there Mm -hmm. and that you that is not good. So you make a fake version, which makes fake friends, fake people, fake everything. And it's just not sustainable. So the quicker you're honest and deal with that discomfort of people leaving or honest about the fact that maybe you aren't supposed to be this really nice church girl who does these things. Maybe you're not meant for that. Mm -hmm. And who gives a fuck if they hate you or don't want to be friends with you because you don't even agree with their lifestyle anyways or you do not have fun around it anyways. Right. So what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. Trying to win everyone over is impossible anyways. So you're only doing yourself a disservice when you aren't being honest with yourself and speaking your truth. And I think a piece of that too is sometimes we have to find our truth. We have to be able to sit with ourselves and realize what is true about me and even assessing a situation. Okay. What about this situation is true this this belief I have about myself or this belief that I've attached to the story because at the end of the day they're all just stories that we tell ourselves and that's what what can create a victim mentality and keep ourselves in it the I'm not good enough I'm not worthy no one wants me I don't have any friends whatever it is whatever your story is whatever that storyline is and you'll find ways in your life and just continue to repeat that until you face that uh that reality of is this really true is this true about me am I really not worthy or is this just a story I'm believing right I'm too anxious I'm not a dancer I don't do things like that I am whatever I'm you're telling yourself you're made to be small Mm -hmm. like not saying that everyone has to dance but dancing sets you free first of all When you stop giving a fuck about how you look when you're dancing, your life will change. Yeah. More of that, please. Yes. Oh, I believe that. Yeah, you just let yourself free. And a lot of people, you know, need alcohol or whatever to really loosen themselves up. But it's almost like, can you challenge yourself to let yourself be free without alcohol substance? Like, can you actually really dance or even dance in your living room when no one's watching just like let yourself free have fun put some music on that you enjoy and you'll get something out of it speaking of dancing too when it comes to our sensuality what part in society do you feel like is taboo when it comes to women's sexuality in general i'm curious your take on that i think it's years of religious and societal standards and pressure so Mm. women in history have been looked at as a um, property Mm. I mean not that long ago either and I'm not saying that women right now like we are getting somewhere we are somewhere we can have any job we want we can make the same money like I'm not in the victim feminist vibe but I am in the vibe of there's an energetical thing that still is present Mm -hmm. when a woman is dressed a certain way that they think it's for them or this is for me, right? Because why else would she wear this 
she wants me to look at her in a sexual way. People think that. But what if I just like the way this fits my body shape Mm -hmm. and I don't have to wear a bra? For instance, people think I'm a stripper because I take pole classes, right? I mean, my grandmother, everyone, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm just not. I'm not a stripper and I don't, I support whoever wants to do that. But, um, when women are free, it scares people because they're like, oh, she doesn't need anyone else. Or it's just, it makes people uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to see someone living in such a way that historically has not been done. Right. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it too. And sometimes it's, oh, they they can't have a certain control over us too when we are free and expressing ourselves in a specific way and and being true to ourselves in a specific way. Sometimes people don't like independent people (laughs) and independent women. And and sometimes men will say they want independent women and then they realize like, wait, actually. Listen, (laughs) I don't know what's going on with that, but... If you think you want a bad bitch, really sit and pray and think about it for a week before you get one. I do agree with that. (laughs) Because maybe you aren't ready for a bad bitch just yet. You just want to have one just to have one. Yeah. And you aren't ready to pull up to the occasion because we don't need you. So if you're not elevating me, I can't be a part of it. Agreed. No, I. that is so my take on things. That's so my take on things and... Dating, I take a whole new perspective to it for that reason. Like when you find your own worth and like self empowerment and what you'll tolerate and not tolerate, it really just gives yourself a new standard too. And when you're okay on your own, which is something I had to learn to do, mm-hmm. it really just sets the tone for relationships differently. Yes. Yeah. And I've been able to be with people who accept what I do mm-hmm. and, um, that's really beautiful. But even then, I feel like subconsciously, even men who love me and care about me think that I'm doing it for attention still. Like, I feel like a subconscious energy, which, of course, I love attention. I can't lie. Like, of course, that's a part of our ego is how yeah. we work. We work from that space. It's how we make money is from our ego. Right. So it's not all bad. But when I'm dancing and my s- sexuality, I'm not thinking about having sex with the anyone right I am just flowing I'm feeling my pelvic floor Mm -hmm. I am you know a vagina is not just made for sex it's made for birthing it's made for engaging your pelvic floor to support your spine it's made for other things than someone entering you so I think um that's a misconception about me that I need everyone to know I'm not doing this for you at all and I really am just enjoying being in my body and flowing and feeling my hips and just also feeling sexy doesn't have to be about the act of sex it's a creative spiritual experience like sex is what makes other humans this is just is more about that than it is just about your pleasure in that moment it's deeper than that I'm too deep no I think that's (laughs) great I think that's a great direction for it too um Especially because a huge piece of of movement, again, is that spiritual component and tapping into ourselves on a deeper level, too. Just releasing something that maybe we forgot we had, which I am curious, how do you create a space for yourself to be able to tap into your own creativity? Like, Do you have any 
you know, routines that you create or do you go to a specific room when you want to be creative, whether it's for a production project or um, creating a class or flowing on your own? Curious where, yes. where that space is for you. I love that question. And it's it's always different. I think I am a constant creative. It doesn't really stop, mm-hmm. which is why a lot of artists go insane. But um, <laughs> I'm inspired a lot lately by film, like t- uh, movies and cinematic elements. And so I've always been interested in visuals. I'm a very visual human. Lights, people, portraits, all of that just is just so inspiring. So I can be inspired everywhere, here, mm-hmm. there, around humans and nature and life is just inspiring to me because I'm such a deep feeler. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can make art or create out of pretty much anything if I was given the opportunity to do so. Um, it's just kind of in my soul. But my space, I set it up. I got incense, plants, yoga mats everywhere. I have my mentor actually came to my house. She was like, oh, my God, you've got your space is not you. What are you doing? And then she like got me baskets for my yoga mats and for my blocks. So it was close by so I could just pull it out and then got me paint brushes to put in there. Like I don't even paint really, but just to have things at access at all times, whether you think you don't want it or want it, it needs to be close. Like you need to set your space up to do it at any moment because you can't like put a date or time on when that time will be like you're not gonna when you feel creative go to Hobby Lobby get the shit do the thing you're it needs to just be ready for when you need it um music is super inspiring for me I have to have music on all the time even if it's like an ambient like drum or something like that sets my soul on fire um I go to the yoga studio by myself and just be weird roll around you know shake my ass which has nothing to do with men either it releases the fascia when you shake your ass it does in your glutes everyone needs to go home and twerk on their bed yeah and I believe that because shaking in general just helps loosen your body yes it's and, a somatic um, thing even if you're anxious or have even recently learned if you are changing from one task to the other shaking or tapping yourself is a way to help like transition your body and your mindset. Yes, yes. It's so important. Um, Men need to shake their ass too. Go on your bed. But creativity just comes from me. I'm an observational woman too. I Just watching people do life and colors and lighting and music. Nashville's a great town for you to be in too. And speaking of, tell me a bit about Honey Baby Creative and how you started that and what is your future vision for Honey Baby Creative? Thank you for asking. I Honey Baby started last year, which is crazy. It feels like longer. And I just love taking photos of people. It's the same thing as Goddess Flow, making them feel comfortable, knowing or telling, reminding, reminding them that they are beautiful and you don't have to be a model to enjoy a picture of yourself. You just haven't taken enough pictures probably Mm -hmm. you can't take three and expect that to be a great one you need 40 then you'll find at least one (laughs) so (laughs) there's just ways that I can empower women in this space and I've always taken pictures of my friends I have an eye for it I think and I 
want the future of it to be a production company, I think, of women who are helping each other and video and photo and whatever. It doesn't have to be just women, but naturally my group right now, it's kind of already happening and forming. So that is the goal. But I also don't attach specific goals to my projects just because you can't predict the future. I just know if I keep taking photos and I keep putting myself out there Mm -hmm. that it will naturally be what it needs to be. Because when you put yourself in a goal box, you are taking yourself away from other opportunities that could work for you because you're only attached to that one idea. You won't experience those. That's a very good point because when you're attached to a vision too and then it doesn't turn into that, when you let go of all these other opportunities outside of that, then ultimate vision could disappoint you or it might not bring you what you actually could have. In a yes. Sense. Yeah. Yes. And that's not my main source of income right now. So that's kind of my, it's a passion thing. Right right now I mean it still makes me money but it's um I would like for it to stay that way and yoga too those Mm -hmm. two things don't bring me my most income and that makes them richer because of that um and I think you do need a plan when you're making when you're doing business and it's important for that but you need to have another passion thing that is not business where you don't have a plan. You don't have to detail it. You could ghost for two months and no one will notice or it doesn't matter to your business. Essentially a hobby. And I do believe that's a huge mental health. uh, Something that is beneficial for our mental health really is having hobbies in general. Just something where you don't put pressure on yourself to make money from it, to have it be a side hustle necessarily, but you can just have fun with it and it's there for you when you need it. And I mean, a hobby could even be hiking or paddleboarding if you wanted to. It could be an activity like that. It could be drawing. It could be painting. It could be playing your guitar for no one. And then you're just playing it for you and just letting yourself have an outlet and giving yourself permission to do something that doesn't have to be quote unquote productive all the time or good or good yeah it just is something that can help fill your cup and again back to self-expression just help you express yourself in a unique and different way or discover more of yourself even you know exactly I think something I struggle with is like for my hobbies I want to make everything really great though just because I even with my hobby I'm like well it's I'm putting this out this is important it's an offering to the world and it's not even about me it's about an offering to God whatever that may be it's a spiritual thing to create something and put it out so I think you should do always do your absolute best in your hobby just not to be great or other people think you're great but to make sure you're not half-assing your soul yeah, like no, that makes sense. Because then you're not taking it serious and then it won't benefit you like it could. That's a good point. I really like that point. But it's also hard for me to go do things that like go hiking and chill. That's my work. Can you go chill and not yeah. do anything and not scroll on your phone? Not lately. We're working on it. It's a struggle for a lot of people in society, including myself. I think you already answered this one. This is one of our closing questions is, what's a common misconception or something the audience may not know about you? Well, I am mysterious, so there's a lot of things you don't know about me, and I might keep some of them that way just because I like being a little mysterious. But I'm not a stripper, first of all. Um, I am fully freelancing right now, and 
working for myself, which I'm very proud of. It took me a long time to get here. No one's paying for me but me, and I'm very proud of that. It took a while. And what are your three most important health habits? Sleep, movement, water. That's such a good, that's such a good comment, but it's true. Yes. And so many people don't prioritize water. Okay. And what's one last message you want to leave the audience with today? Can I read what I sent? Yeah, to you? absolutely. Loved that all of it. Be- okay. Before I say this, just want to mention that I am creating a short film on human suffering. I don't know when it'll come out, but I'm writing the script for it now and the storyboard. It's going to be an experimental documentary type short film, and I'm super excited about it. So human suffering is something that's on the top of my mind at the moment. I would like to leave this message with the audience. We all experience human suffering and insecurity in some form, and the meaning of life is how we navigate that. All suffering is the same for everyone. It just looks different. This should empower us and remind us that we are not alone. So doesn't mean your trauma is invalid but everyone is going through the ringer so that being said nothing is everything is relative we all need each other and releasing judgment and just finding people that vibe with your life is going to set you free how you do anything is how you do everything I will say it again. Everything is connected, and we should not take that lightly. We should let this fact empower us. Nothing is too small to celebrate or to pay attention to. Small wins, one thing at a time. You don't have to figure it all out today, ever. If Unless, you know, think about it. Do I need to do this today, or could I do it tomorrow? Do I have to take the trash out right now, or am I being OCD? Everything is connected. Just take care of yourself. And then last message, you never arrive, ever. Once you get the dream life or thing that you manifested and prayed for, you still haven't arrived. You're not going to feel like you've made it there. You might be a little more financially free, but you never get there. So stop worrying about the outcome of what you're pouring your life into and worry about, does this make me feel good? Do I feel like myself around these people? All of that in the present moment. It's the only place that God is, is the present moment. The only place where your natural state of bliss is. Naturally, we're all calm and settled. But you have to remind yourself that because you think, I need this for bliss. I need this for peace. No, it's already there. You just have to find it and sit with it until you see it. Um, obsessing over the outcome will kill us, so we must practice and learn how to enjoy the process. Those are all beautiful messages. Thank you so much, Holland, for coming in today. Thank you, love. This was so amazing. I wish we could do it all day. I know. We easily could. We could.